Hello and welcome back to the Amazing Maine Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Maine's culture, history, people, and places, and anything else you and I find interesting. So, I am coming out of podcast quarantine. As all of you know, the pandemic has affected lots of things, and that includes podcasting, and even affected life in rural Maine. So we'll get into all that here in a bit. Where have I been? Well, maybe this will give you an idea of what I've been doing over the past few months. So that was basically number four screaming his head off for mom and numbers two and three wearing boxes on their heads and banging their heads against the wall because they're penguins and honking or quacking like penguins. I I don't know why penguins had to have boxes on their heads, but they did. Anyway, that's basically where I've been for the past few months. So before we get started with the episode talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected rural Maine and other parts of Maine as well, a few shout-outs and thank-yous. The reason you're getting an episode today is because of my friend Shelby. Uh, Shelby works for a law enforcement department in southern Maine and has been needling me over the past several weeks to get an episode out. I've, of course, been putting up a lot of excuses. Shelby hasn't accepted those and she's generally been a constant source of motivation, so thank you, Shelby, for continuing to pester me about getting this episode out. Also, downloads. Sometime during the pandemic, I don't know exactly when, but sometime during this whole quarantine period, I went over a thousand downloads for all of my episodes, so thank you for all the episodes you've listened to, because it put me over that milestone. And that is a good milestone for me, for this only being my sixth episode. That's great thousand downloads overall i'm just i'm thrilled that's terrific so i really appreciate that especially when you consider that podcast listening actually during the pandemic period has been down and if you think that's a bit strange well a lot of people listen to podcasts on their daily commute and unfortunately since a lot of people have not been going to and from work they just haven't had the time or the environment that they normally listen to podcasts in so haven't been listening in their cars Uh, I know a few of you probably would like to have escaped to your car and just sat in the driveway and listened to podcasts during this whole period, but uh, that hasn't been the case for many people. Some listener contact that I would really like to highlight. Michelle, uh, you were the first person to ever contact the podcast, other than vendors, that is, people trying to get me to buy stuff. You were the first bona fide listener that contacted me, gave me feedback uh, outside of close friends and family. Uh, basically someone that I didn't know that just wrote and said, hey, you're doing a great job, here's an idea for an episode, and I really appreciate that. So thank you, Michelle, you were the first. And if you're wondering what she suggested, actually, uh, it was to cover the community at Sabbath Day Lake. Now, if you don't know what Sabbath Day Lake is, it is a location in Maine where the last two, there used to be three until just recently, a couple of years ago, uh, the last two surviving Shakers live. Now, if you're not familiar with the Shaker community, well, the Shakers were a religious group that really thrived in uh, many decades ago and were influential in a lot of different ways with uh, certain inventions, but also with their social uh, programs. They ran orphanages, things like this. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing location, and the two elderly Shakers that are still with us uh, reside at Sabbath Day Lake, Maine. 
and I have been there. I have visited. I've taken a tour. Uh, it's closed now, or it might be open now uh, with uh, pandemic uh, issues, but it's a fascinating place, and I'd love to do an episode on it. So, Michelle, I am going to do some research, really get into it. Uh, oddly enough, I grew up in a town and went to high school in a town in Massachusetts that uh, was a former Shaker community, so it's, uh, it's a great thing for me to cover. I'll definitely have to dig deep and get it done right, so it may take a while. Uh, the other person I'd like to thank is Bob, uh, the superfan, and he got that name mostly from one of my kids when I told him that he wrote in with a list of great suggestions for episodes. So Bob in Pennsylvania, who wishes he was in Maine, thank you very much for being a superfan, and I do appreciate all those great suggestions you sent to me. I'm going to get to as many of them as I can throughout the course of this podcast, so thank you very much. Insert stinger. How has the coronavirus affected Maine, and rural Maine specifically? Well, lots of different ways, uh, some ways you might not really expect. I'll start off by telling you how it's affected my family. Uh, my wife is blessed with a job where she already worked from home. She teaches English online to kids in foreign countries. And that's been a very good job to support our family since I've been a stay-at-home dad. And it's been going quite well for the most part, uh, and actually the pandemic increased her number of classes that she was uh, teaching since all the kids weren't in school. They were at home and their parents signed them up for extra English classes. So that part, thankfully, uh, that really was a blessing. We didn't, weren't affected by a job loss, which unfortunately a lot of Mainers and a lot of people across the U.S. and the world have been affected by. How has that affected me? Well, uh, I have felt for the last couple of months that what I have done is hand out meals to children uh, referee their arguments and fights and make sure they are on Zoom meetings that they say they don't want to be on and then as soon as they get on they turn into little barbarians that are bouncing off the walls and not letting their teachers talk. That's basically what I feel like my life has been for the past few months, which is not all that different from a lot of other parents out there. Uh, our kids have cabin fever just like any other. They want to go to the playground, they want to go see their friends, they want to go back to school classic case of the first week they thought it was fantastic that school was canceled uh, the second or third week they said oh no let us go back to school get us out of this house however even though it didn't greatly affect our lives in terms of our daily family life it kind of was like the kids just being home on a perpetual snow day uh, we did manage to accomplish a few things right now with it being mid-june uh, we're actually getting a lot of yard work done we're catching up on about five to ten years of neglect on certain parts of our yard, so that's wonderful. Our youngest child got potty trained during the, quality, the, the quarantine, which, oh my gosh, is a wonderful thing. And one of our middle kids learned to ride a two-wheeled bicycle uh, during uh, the quarantine. So we did actually manage to accomplish a few things. And if you did, please let me know. Uh, you know, throw it up on my social media uh, posts and tell us what you managed to accomplish during the quarantine. How did it affect Maine uh, at large, since it didn't affect small towns like mine very much? Sure, things were closed and everything, but other than that, it wasn't, you know, schools were closed. Maine pretty much shut, just like any other state. The borders were closed. They were discouraging people from coming to the state, if not outright saying, no, don't come here. The schools all shut down for the most part. Uh, school was done at home. I have to give a major shout out and congratulatory message to everybody at the Andover Elementary School, all of the staff and teachers. They did a wonderful job of keeping as much schoolwork uh, as the kids could handle sent home uh, and at, well, 
certainly was what the kids could handle. I'm sure I speak for many of the parents saying that we couldn't handle that level of schoolwork at home, but the kids did the best they could uh, with uh, the limits that their parents uh, had patience for, and the teachers did wonderful. The school overall did great. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see that the small school with very little resources when you compare it to a larger city school or s school in a different state was able to pretty much get going within a week or two of the shutdown and we spoke to family members in much more populous areas of the country that have much bigger tax bases and much shinier newer schools and several weeks into the pandemic they had received nothing from their schools because the schools just had uh, through no fault of their own too much to manage to try and uh, do remote learning from home with the thousands and thousands of kids it's a lot easier when you only have a small elementary school of about 30 or so kids to handle remote learning businesses in the state shut down just like they did everywhere else bowling alleys theaters barbershops, the whole smash. Uh, they're only starting to open up now with certain restrictions, just like a lot of other states. Uh, we have made some news in areas with businesses being shut down that are ready to reopen, like restaurants and bars. A few businesses have even been featured on national news shows about wanting to reopen and fighting the state over it. Grocery stores closed, have to go in with a mask, have to wait in long lines, that sort of thing. Early on in the pandemic, the stories, the, the situation here was very dissimilar to anywhere else in the U.S. No toilet paper for a while, and then certain things were just sold out at the grocery stores, which was really weird, you know, that you can't get a certain item that you just weren't expecting to ever see sold out. That's basically what got affected in uh, rural Maine life. When you look at the big picture overall, Maine does have a much lower death rate and infection rate than a lot of other states. This, of course is mainly due to our low population. We have just around a million people, and we are very spread out in the state. So it's not too surprising that things were not as bad as they were in other states. Downside to that is we also had a much lower level of testing going on. Uh, we just weren't able to keep up with uh, what was needed early on, uh, but they're catching up now with uh, some of the labs in the state cranking out tests at a much higher rate. According to the Maine CDC, right now we have just under 2,500 active cases of COVID-19 in the state, and 100 deaths exactly, which is obviously too high a number, but much lower than it could have been. Now, the quarantine may have affected my ability to put out podcast episodes, but it definitely affected the short-term rental business that my wife and I are involved in. We manage four properties up here in this area that typically in the winter go to skiers and snowmobilers and then in the summer are rented by people that come up to go hiking or just do some fishing, generally enjoy a very quiet summer vacation. Well, when the pandemic hit, it was right at the tail end of a pretty mild winter. We weren't getting quite as many skiers and snowmobilers as we did last year. And so things were already kind of winding down when the pandemic hit, although just about everybody canceled when things really got scary in mid-March. So we lost a little bit of rental business. And then as things moved on and the state started to clamp down on things and other states did as well, uh, the very quiet period that we had for a few weeks uh, went right up to a lot of very nervous contact from people who wanted to get out of cities. And we started getting some of these even before the state had put some of these 
restrictions in place where we couldn't rent to anyone outside the state or that wasn't a resident, that sort of thing. So there were a number of people that understandably wanted to come out of New York or Boston or things like this and get to some place where there weren't as many deaths or things like that. Uh, the, unfortunately, uh, both due to our own beliefs on the situation and due to state restrictions, uh, we had to turn these folks away. And right now, if you're thinking of coming to Maine and renting on an app or something like that, a house uh, anywhere in Maine, I urge you to check the state website and read the restrictions. The restrictions have changed a few times in recent weeks, and right now, coming to the state uh, could potentially involve you getting a test within 72 hours or quarantining for two weeks, depending on the situation. So check the state website, get all the details, understand the restrictions before you book any travel. So what kind of things happen in Maine? How did Maine respond during the pandemic? Well, in some pretty amazing ways. Uh, early on, when there was still snow on the ground, there were some folks delivering food to the elderly using dog sleds, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, a number of restaurants, although they couldn't serve customers, they did uh, serve the, the hungry and the needy. There were a number of restaurants in our area, including the Sunday River Brew Pub that was putting out meals to churches and handing them out to anyone who needed them. Uh, distilleries in the state of Maine started making hand sanitizer instead of booze. Now, uh, I think that some of the stuff they were putting out beforehand was already pretty good hand sanitizer, but much more expensive than just something you would rub on your hands. So, um, yeah, they switched some of their equipment over so that they could put out stuff that was usable for medical staff, which was pretty great. Places like L.L. Bean and other stitching companies, they started making masks in their area and their uh, manufacturing areas. And even some hospitals converted conference rooms into uh, sewing areas where gowns could be made when early on a lot of medical equipment was short in the state. So Maine is pretty resilient, Maine is pretty tough, and Maine is starting to reopen. So again, as I mentioned earlier, check those lodging rules, check those rules for visitors. Consider making that trip to Maine anyway this summer. It still is going to be a great summer, even though we may not see all of you that we'd like to that are going to come and visit the state. So what's next for the podcast? Well, episodes are on the way. I've got several, as I mentioned earlier, suggested by listeners. And if you've got one that you would like uh, me to cover, something in Maine that really interests you, some topic that you think should be on the podcast, please let me know. T-shirts. I've got some t-shirts coming, and I'm hoping that uh, if some of you want to be a bit sarcastic uh, about your love for the state of Maine, you might want to order one, so I'll be having an announcement on that coming up soon. Some of you are going to be getting some free in the mail for your contributions to the podcast, so I appreciate that for those that uh, uh, I have a chance to hand out a few to. And I'm also going to be putting up some more videos this summer about some short excursions that I take with my family around the state as we try to get the kids out of the house and do some fun things in our area. So I appreciate all of you that stayed subscribed during this break in my episode production, but things are going to come roaring back, so I appreciate your interest, and I thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Amazing Maine Podcast. Faulty recording, bad editing and substandard technical knowledge are all provided by me, Scott, your host. Interruptions are provided by my children, a family dog that can't come to grips with Maine wildlife or delivery drivers, and my own ninja-like mastery of procrastination. You can help promote the podcast by visiting our website at www.amazingmainepodcast.com and on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, and something called Pinterest. Who knows, maybe with some luck, I could get some sponsors and even buy a decent microphone. Thanks for your help, everyone. Have a great day.